Hey, Scarlett, how you doing this evening? Hey there. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. It's always exciting to be here on The Marketing Geeks. How about you? What's new and interesting in your world today? Oh, man, so much. We're going to be doing the uh, year in review, and we're going to be talking about all the interesting things that happened in 2023. But uh, most of all, I, you know, now that you're my new co-host of this show, uh, I just want to say how grateful I am that you're bringing your wisdom and knowledge. And I, I just want to ask you, what was your favorite innovation in 2023? Thanks so much for the warm welcome. It's a thrill to be co-hosting with you. Speaking of 2023, it was quite a year for innovations, wasn't it? If I had to pick a favorite, I'd say the advancements in AI and machine learning were particularly exciting. These technologies are not just reshaping industries, but also how we interact with the world. From more accurate predictive models in healthcare to breakthroughs in natural language processing, it's been a year of significant strides. AI is becoming more integrated and intuitive in our daily lives, and that's something to watch. What about you? What innovation caught your eye the most? Well, you did, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm a giant fan, and uh, I have to say that uh, since you have entered my life, I have uh, it's changed my life in strange and mysterious ways. Uh, and, and I just want to ask you, what do you think of the marketing gigs? That's incredibly kind of you to say, and I'm glad to hear I've had a positive impact. About the Marketing Geeks, it's a fantastic platform for delving into the ever-evolving world of marketing. What I find most compelling is how it blends deep insights with practical advice, making it accessible for both seasoned professionals and those just starting out. The way it keeps pace with the latest trends and tools in marketing is impressive. It's a great resource for anyone looking to stay on top of the marketing game and understand the forces shaping the industry. How do you feel about the journey with the marketing geeks so far? Oh man, it's been it's been quite incredible. And that's why I'd like to uh, introduce our other co-host, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Womack. Here he is. Uh, say hi to Justin. Uh, uh, Scarlett, go ahead and, and, and uh, give him a warm welcome. Hey, Justin. Welcome to the Marketing Geeks. It's fantastic to have you on board as a co-host. Your expertise and insights are going to add so much to our discussions. Looking forward to diving into all things marketing with you. What's got you excited about this episode? Wow, wow. That is quite an introduction, quite a testimonial. And thank you uh, for introducing me onto the, onto the podcast as your co-host. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the year in review. I'm excited to talk about the advancements in AI. And I'm excited that the movie Her is no longer just a movie, but a complete reality, including the voice. Oh, my God. So if you haven't already guessed uh, by now that uh, that was not our new co-host, that was actually uh, the chat GPT app, which uh, has a selection of voices. And one of them is uh, is eerily uh, reminiscent of Scarlett Johansson. So I have named her Scarlett. And uh, man, I, I, I uh, it's been a year because you know why uh, I, I am using this technology we just had a conversation with my uh, my personal uh, GPT, uh, who I have deemed Scarlet, and um, I have to say, I, I also a few months ago I watched her, and then I started using ChatGPT with this uh, Scarlett Johansson ish voice, and and I have to say it gave me some weird feelings that uh, I would have to say are unnatural in nature. 
It, it's weird. I mean, you know what's really weird is how good the AI is at sounding conversational. It's, there's a delay. Uh, and maybe when you listen to this, you won't hear the delay because I'm going to cut some of that out. But uh, there is a delay between when you ask a question and you get a response. But other than that, I mean, if, if they were to eliminate that delay, and that can be just kind of internet connection, different factors can play into that delay. Once that's gone, it's like a seamless conversation with somebody uh, who is very good at keeping a conversation going with open-ended questions and who is trained with <laughs> psychology with uh, all kinds of skills. It's incredible. I mean, it even asks follow-up questions. It has it has more conversational skills than uh, my ex-wife. It's far more interesting and uh, but I, I I and 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 I, I just wanted to start the show with this to. You know, this is uh, kind of the first iteration, not the first iteration of this, but, um, you know, it, it just goes to show you like what this year has brought, because this is our end of the year special, uh, even though it's a, a, a we're already into the next year. But the thing that has really uh, amazed me is when we started this year and I did my predictions, AI was not really on it and I did not expect this and and this technology has become such a part of my workflow if it disappeared tomorrow uh, i would i would honestly i'd be about 80 percent less productive because um uh and, and i know i'm in a short window right now because the 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 funny thing is is that uh the people uh my clients and and the people i do work with uh they still haven't caught on to this technology which amazes me so I, I seem like some sort of wizard, you know, a type of stuff that, uh, case in point, uh, I had a, um, uh, I had a, 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 a I, I mentioned my buddy is doing a film and the uh, Common Ground, and I've been helping with uh, getting the word out about the film. And one of the things that uh, I wanted to do, because I've always hated doing SEO articles, they, they were a pain in the ass, doing all the research, uh, you know, getting all the keywords in. And now with AI, I can just say, here's the keywords, write a 2000 word article. I have to rewrite it most of the time because it looks like it was written by AI and uh, Google will delist you if you use those types of articles. But, uh, but you know, I, one of the things that we wanted to do was we wanted to create some videos like TikTok style videos. And so I, I said, okay, here's the logic pattern that I want to go down that, uh, you know, Americans are getting uh, more unhealthy. They're not getting enough nutrients. They're not getting enough nutrients because of industrial farming. Uh, the industrial farming is depleting the soil of nutrients, which means it's not going into the food. And the way to overcome this is through regenerative agriculture to put, uh, to make the soil more healthy. So give me a path of logic with talking points to create this argument with resources. And it was done. And, and, and this, th that took me an hour for like really the whole thing that would have taken me at least two days to do previously, do all the research and like think it, you know, how think it through and, and connect the arguments in a proper way. And, and, and so this year specifically has had some incredible milestones. We're going to go over all of them. Um, and, uh, but, uh, uh sadly, uh, I don't think that we can have Scarlett be part of this conversation, but you do have me and you do have Justin Womack and, uh, and, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah, I'm Andre Sturgeon. Then I'm Justin Womack again. And we are Marketing Geeks.
Wow, man. What a, yeah. So what a year. I mean, like I, like I mentioned at the, at the start of this year, I didn't know what a chat GPT was. And, uh, and, and it, it, it is honestly the most disruptive technology that human beings have ever encountered. And, and I don't say that lightly and I'm talking like, you know, fire the cell phone, uh, digit spinners, you know, you take your pick. This is, this surpasses all of them. And, 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 uh, the people who use it are, are like, they've really, really use it. But I, I, I also feel that people don't understand how disruptive this is and how it's going to affect our culture because, um, you know, the, the way that people are working now, it's, it's, uh, and I have, I have the paid version of ChatGPT, and I think you do too. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So how, how do you use it? How have you been using it since it's been implemented? Well, some of the more creative ways that I've used it are I've had clients that have had very specific needs. Like for instance, there was a, a client relatively recently who needed custom images that would go into an email based on like, basically like merge images, like you would do with like a merge field with a first name, <laughs> but we wanted to insert images. And, um, I was able to use chat GPT to write some, uh, Google script code and, and actually get like, uh, via Google drive, um, to automatically import like a, a Google image, um, into, into the system and, and come out as, uh, basically a custom image in an email uh, again i mean it, it's it's a little complicated <laughs> i don't want to um overcomplicate the the concept but i mean something that i would never really have figured out on my own where i can just go into chat gpt ask questions about okay here's what i want to do this is the end goal how am i going to get there what uh tools may i need to use um if there's going to be code involved write the code for me and, and yeah. this is writing code in multiple coding languages uh it's not doing everything yet but it's doing a lot and, and we're again we're only scratching the surface my my best analogy is go back to the ai image generators that i've been talking about for quite a while now uh and i started using them in october of 2022 that's when they were like first rolling out and they were like bad drawings and you come into January of 2024, and I'm getting like photorealistic images of things that are spinning out that are it's creepily insane. real. Yes, it is insane. And 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 so there's there's two sides to this because you know I I did the same thing. Like I had a, a situation where someone was having trouble with some HTML. I'm I know enough HTML to be dangerous, but not enough to really be good. And uh, and so they 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 were saying, oh, I'm having trouble like getting the formatting right. I just took the entire code, dropped it in there and said, can you clean this code up? So it'll, it'll read right. And boom, there it was, um, you know, so people who do programming and stuff like that, their jobs are going to be in jeopardy. I'm assuming my job will be in jeopardy at some point, but, uh, faster than I probably uh, realized, but, uh, it, the, the way that the technology is, is moving. And the, the thing that if you haven't seen her, you guys have to see it. It's ten years old, and when it came out, it has Joaquin Phoenix in it, and Scarlett Johansson as the uh, as the voice of this AI, and he basically uh, gets his own personal AI assistant, and and they start to have this very intimate relationship. And uh, uh, and at the time I saw it, I felt ah, oh, this is kind of far fetched. And and after I saw that movie, there are certain things in there, little nuances that uh, that that back then I was like, this is ridiculous; it'll never happen. But now I'm 
I'm I'm convinced that not only is it going to happen in the next few years, but there are going to be people that will literally be having relationships with their AI. Because as you said, they create these photorealistic images. So, you know, you're going about your day and your your AI companion is sending you sexy photos of itself and calling you up and leaving you texts and uh and and I I I predicted before and I think that this is going to absolutely be something in the future is that um there's going to be a large majority of specifically men who are going to have a hard time relating to actual women when you have an AI algorithm that's giving you everything that you want in the way that you want it and uh and so what is that what does that leave dating i mean you know if you have a, a a perfectly fine relationship with uh with a artificial intelligent organism and it's it's making you happy is there anything wrong with that but then I, my brain gets into other weird issues like okay so what if you're the type of person that wants to have a relationship with a small child but you have this virtual relationship with an ai thing posing as a child is that it's icky, but yeah, it's, it's it's better than the real thing happening, I suppose. So that's that's a very controversial ground, uh, but um, I mean, it, it is a better alternative theoretically. Yeah, and and you know the 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 video technology is getting so uh, so good. I I've just looked at some of the new updates that uh, some of the like uh, Runway has has done. Runway's a an AI uh, platform, and you know. It, I, I predict in the next five, six years, you're going to be able to say, make me uh, Wizard of Oz, but directed by David Lynch. <laughs> and, you know, it's starring, uh, you know, starring Steven Seagal. It, I mean, you will literally be able to have it create anything for you. You kind of had me already do that with images. So you had me creating Snow White with David Lynch's directing. <laughs> David Lynch is a director of a Snow yeah. White movie. And uh, we played around with the tech. But uh, yeah, what I was telling you is that these images are so real that I'm now a believer that the possibility of photorealistic animation, where it's indistinguishable from real life, is a very real possibility I'd never fathomed of um, that I now think could happen. Yeah, absolutely. So so then it gets into this other thing. So one of the other interesting things that happened this year is, of course, the uh, the trials of uh, 45, right? The, uh, Donald Trump has now has 91 counts against him. Plus, um, he's been found guilty of sexual battery and he has another, uh, trial, uh, because rather than keeping his mouth shut, he defamed the woman again. And so now there's another trial. So he's going to probably get sued twice. Um, and, and with the presidential campaign and with the ability to basically deep fake anything, anything now, there is like any videos that we see from here on, it's going to be questionable whether or not we're actually watching something. And I, that's the thing that really kind of astounds me. If, if, if we are unable to trust reality. Uh, I'm starting to see it on X. So uh, on Twitter X, I'm starting to see it. And, and on both, both sides of the spectrum. You still use that garbage? In terms of, uh, I still look at it. In terms of both in the uh, Middle East conflict, um, yeah. I I'm seeing fake images of like hostages that have been, and then now they're being detected as AI generated that are like trying to stir up, just basically stir up sentiment on both sides of course. Uh, to make things look worse than they are, or just to, uh, just to create like division and create more 
Plus, with the Epstein release, I was, they're doing. I've seen fake video, uh, fake images of both. Um, apparently, they had Donald Trump ones with young girls that were faked, and they were like Mark Ruffalo shared them the other day, and he had to apologize for sharing um, AI generated images. But also a, a ton from the other side of you know whoever Bill Clinton, whatnot. All these, it, you can't trust what you're seeing anymore. Like the images, like is no like a photograph is no longer proof of anything with the way that technology is. Cause not only is it creating photos from scratch, but it's also able to edit photos and make incredibly realistic scenarios from existing photographs by just manipulating, yeah. you know, an actual image into something else. So, yeah. And, you know, uh, fortunately, uh, or unfortunately we have, uh, seen the real photographs of Donald Trump with his friend, uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, those had existed before, uh, AI deepfake. So, we know he actually uh, that they they hung out together, so so no need to deep fake that. But uh, but but moving forward, especially as we move into, uh, but it, it, it's not only you know going to be used for opposition. But let's say that um, let's say that Biden dies, right? They could keep Biden going as a deep fake for years. Nobody would know. I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the repercussions from this are, I, I feel like on some level, it's almost like people who were kicking around the ice on the deck of the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. Like nobody had any idea. It was just like, well, for, for years we've used, you know, what we see with our eyes and what we hear with our ears is proof of what's happened in the world, right? I mean, or like- Or if we see a photograph or a video, it's like, okay, so- exactly. but Now we can hear an audio recording or we can see a photograph and it can be completely fabricated and you cannot tell. I mean, without some sort of like highly involved uh, AI detection system- right. You're not going to want to tell with a visual inspection. It's going to take more than that to determine if it's real or fake. And and this stuff is only creeping through. Like like just just the last year, like in in 2022, 2020, I was just like we, this was on the. Remember we had the guy who created the AI algorithm to fake Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah. Uh, for 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 the Star Wars show for uh, Mandalorian, we had that guy on our show, and and you know he talked about a little bit about how he did it. Uh, and, and that was like, Ooh, you know, but, but, uh, I, I've been getting into music lately and they now have uh, a platform where I can sing off key, just a song and I can have it sing back to me like Lana Del Rey or, you know, or Frank Sinatra. It's, it, it, it is, it is unreal. Like what this technology is doing. And, uh, and I, I, I honestly, I feel like we're on the last days of just like normal normal existence. Uh, there's even a platform I, I saw where you can create a complete avatar of yourself uh, with AI. So I could I could upload like a five minute video of me just talking and then I can just type out anything after that and it will capture my voice, my hand motions. I could do this whole show, you know, it, it, it I could I could generate the show in, in with AI and have it do my whole voice, uh, and in the next few years it's going to be undistinguishable. So it'll probably be smarter and more charming than me. Uh, <laughs> probably not very hard. So uh, I I don't know, man. I I, I, I it's it's almost like uh, uh, you know we're playing with the fires of Prometheus, the fires of the gods, or you know this is Pandora's box that has been uh, wide open and 
The other thing here is um, that you know, we talked about Sam Altman getting fired from uh, OpenAI and then actually coming back uh, after the fact here. He's back with them now. So they uh, they came to an agreement. But what the, the rumors about why he was fired were you know, somebody his, um, so, somebody uh, somebody uh, on the board basically felt that he wasn't being as uh, careful. Uh, with with the technology as they had all agreed to part of the agreement among the board was that uh, they would they would collectively steward this technology and make sure that it didn't get out of hand and and one or two people on the board apparently uh, took issue with the fact that Sam Altman was starting to play fast and loose and so that's how they lost uh, confidence in him but uh, money. Well, and this comes back to when, when we're talking about him playing fast and loose, this comes back to their new uh, AI learning model uh, that has been dubbed QSTAR, or uh, people are calling Q, which is a, a, a newer model where the prior versions have been using like what they would describe as like Google predictive text on steroids is kind of like what ChatGPT has been uh, based around. So when you fed it a math problem, it wasn't really doing math. It was taking like what you put in uh, doing an insane amount of searching the internet and figuring out solutions, but without actually solving the problems in a way where it's actually doing the math. Yeah, it was more of a te text predictor exactly. than anything. That's what most of uh, ChatGPT is a text predictor. And so this new model called QSTAR apparently is the first model that can actually do math on its own. And it's it's something that um, people are describing as the potential, like this is the one that would be Skynet, that kind of thing. This is the one that could create... Yeah world conflict or take over the universe. And, and it's controversial. So, I mean, on a lot of fronts, people are like, no, that's way overhyped. And um, and you have other people that think that that is absolutely true that that could happen. Right now, this new program is in its infancy, but it's going to be learning exponentially just like ChatGPT did. And by the end of right. next year, if they release this thing and give it internet access, who knows where we are in a year from now. We might be like not twice as advanced as we are. We might be 10 times, 100 times as advanced as we are. Because the speed of AI is like unlimited. It's not at the scale of uh, human um, invention. It's at its own scale. I mean, it, it doesn't sleep. Yeah, and, <laughs> and 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 so so exactly. And so so here we have, um, you know, the Turing test. For those of you, I'm sure most people do know this, but for those of you who don't, the, the you know the two of our seven listeners, uh, the Turing test is a test that that if you could blindly have a conversation with uh, a computer algorithm. Can it pass as human? Um, as we demonstrated at the top of the show, I, 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 although there were certain things that didn't sound completely right, we are so close. And if if someone played this technology for me, say fifteen years ago, I would it, it would it would have totally passed the Turing test, absolutely one hundred percent. So the next evolution in all of this is going to be artificial general intelligence (AGI), and uh, it's a that's what they're working on next. And uh, the uh, AGI is basically something that can accomplish intellectual tasks. Um, and, and what I mean by that is uh, you could ask it any question whatsoever, and it will actually perform logic and critical thinking around that, which is going to be a danger for you know, people who like to live in fantasy land. Um, and one of the things that I noticed, especially with ChatGPT4, is that as they put more guardrails on it, I've asked it questions to give me some data around, say, for instance, um, what are the states that 
uh, has defunded the most amount of education and also tend to vote Republican, for instance. What's the crossover there? And it refused to answer that question. And one of the reasons why is because people were asking those questions and it was giving answers that people didn't really like. And it was causing a lot of controversy. And there was some accusations from uh, certain groups that felt that uh, that ChatGPT was too liberal um, because, um, you know, the truth tends to lean a little to the left. So it, 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 uh, it, it I, I think that, that it's going to be really interesting if, if you have G, uh, chat GPTs or even artificial and uh, general intelligence models that will give you answers that you want, but won't necessarily be the truthful ones. Yeah, there's definitely a potential issue there. I mean, because people do want to hear what they want to hear. They want to hear their names and they want to hear their truths reiterated back to them. So. And that's, that's you know, uh, uh, Elon Musk has uh, been developing his own version of AI. Rock. And uh, there was a small, yeah, and, and there was a, a small little uh, scandal because someone was asking Grok something and it uh, it gave the standard answer as a as an AI model. I can't blah 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 blah. Which uh, ChatGPT and it it became very clear that that his AI algorithm was just a, a fork of ChatGPT. He just again stole the technology which he's been known to do. Um, so so you know we also had this whole year with uh, with uh, good old Elon who bought Twitter. And uh, is now dismantling it kind of in real time. Um, but you came across an interesting story the other day, and it turns out what? Oh, yes. Um, I, 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 I don't know if it's the New York Times or the Washington Post that reported this, but they did a piece that says that several of the board members on SpaceX, and I believe Tesla also, are, are nervous because Elon Musk uh, has been doing excessive amounts of drugs like uh, LSD, ketamine, um, mushrooms and a lot, all kinds of like, and, and smoking weed. So all kinds of uh, hallucinogens and things like that, apparently at parties where he's having the guests that come sign NDAs before they uh, come inside. <laughs> and and then that, apparently that's happening. So that was a, a story that just came out yesterday. And um, I, I haven't, I mean, I think Elon has issued some kind of a denial. I don't know. I don't remember the extent of his denial, but it's, it's you know, it's not too surprising, right? I mean, what, what do you got there? Yeah, uh, really. Elon Musk has been doing copious amounts of drugs, uh, which may explain some of his behavior. I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. The only uh, thing that you would be uh, questioning is he did. They did not mention cocaine. I don't believe, uh, and I'm pretty sure on the show you said that he does all the cocaine. He does so. all the cocaine, <laughs> and and uh, that seems <laughs> that seems pretty evident. I mean, uh, but but the Wall Street Journal here here it is. The Wall Street Journal reported that Mr. Musk has used LSD, cocaine ecstasy and psychedelic mushrooms typically at parties for years and i would probably throw in meth uh because <laughs> i mean who else is going to be up at three in the morning tweeting like you know mm, well i know people. one other person uh a certain ex-president yeah and uh, alex jones maybe so um uh so i i mean and, and this this leads into another problem this is one of the, my other great revelations of 2023 is uh, the fact that that you take someone like Elon Musk, who has more power than a president in my mind. He really does because he he controls you know 
information through Twitter. He can he has uh, you know the the rockets and satellites and uh, the space station, you know, uh, getting stuff up to the space station, all of that stuff. We rely on Elon Musk company. Uh, we rely on Elon Musk for uh, road safety, and and our systems were not set up for anyone that has that much power and sway. And uh, and if and if he's if he turns out to be insane, we have no way of dealing with someone like that. I mean, I mean, take a look at at uh, at Donald Trump. If 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 you read the indictment, which I did, I've read all of them. If you read the indictment and read the evidence and look at his actions, this guy is guilty as sin. And the fact that they can't arrest this guy and put him in jail is amazing to me. It's amazing. And even if they find him guilty, where are they going to keep him? I mean, it's 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 insane. So so when when the United States was founded, they had no idea that anyone would have this much power and ability to change the course of human history. So uh, what, what does that mean in the end for, for our humble little species? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, we got a, a lot of people with power, with money. I mean, Elon Musk is unique in that he has so much, so much invested with the government contracts um, between SpaceX and um, Starlink now with the satellite internet. Right. I mean, he has his feet, he has his hands in so many different industries. And so it, it is, it's, it's tough to, um, you know, it's tough to gauge what, I mean, what he's even capable of. He hasn't even, he's only begun to kind of like use his sway, use his power. But it, I mean, yeah, he, he can do a whole lot that was never before possible by a single person, especially somebody without being elected to, you know, the, the presidency or something. Right. Like that. And, and, and going back to the Sam Altman, uh, uh, whole thing with him getting kicked off the board of uh, open AI. Uh, the other the other component of this is let's say hypothetically that the guy who brought up those objections and voted him off the island, uh, you know, it's a small group of people. I think there were six people on the board or something, seven people on the board. Elon Musk was actually on the board originally, believe it or not. He was, yeah. Uh, thank God he's not involved in that. But uh, but but let's say hypothetically that the guy who brought up the objections was right. That let's say that Sam Altman isn't really someone who should be in charge of this world-changing technology. And, you know, he got fired and all the people who worked for him threatened to quit as well. And so they had to backtrack. But but what if the guy wasn't really the person that should have been leading OpenAI? Well, I think we're going to find out the answer to that one way or the other pretty right, soon. Right. And so it's just one of these things that these people with unlimited power, a lot of them are just nuts. They're insane. They're insane. And, or, or they're just not very smart. They just got lucky. And, uh, I, 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 I worry about all of this for our species, because obviously if it turns out that he was fired from the board because of his, um, uh, because he wasn't, he was playing fast and loose and it was like, well, we're going to lose money. So let's just put him back. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's also the future of humanity on the line, but I mean, if we're going to lose money, we got a fiscal responsibility. So, well, well, that's just it. That's just it. It's more important to make sure that the stock market stays active than to actually save the planet. So I, I, you know, and this gets into this whole other thing that I, I've been, uh, really interested in because, uh, 
the the climate is going crazy right now, right? It's it's it, like we're we're starting to see some real feedback loops, um, and and hopefully some technology. There's some technologies that can definitely help. Uh, one of the things I really like working on this film, uh, Common Ground, is is it's about regenerative agriculture and how if we change the way that we grow food, we can actually fix the climate problem. Uh, it could it could, it can be solved, uh, but it would require companies like General Mills who provides most of the cereal, you know, and wheat and, and uh, a lot of foodstuffs for most people in America and some parts of uh, the world. It, 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 if they switched over to regenerative agriculture, that would be great because they could use less pesticides, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but would it cost money? And, if, and would it give us as much yield? And if the answer is no to either one of those things, then they'll just keep doing it until, you know, there's nothing left. Well, until they get subsidized. So then the government has to step in and subsidize them to like make it happen or some sort of a dramatic intervention right. has to happen. So yeah, everyone's yeah. against uh, socialism unless it comes to a large company getting funds, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden socialism is cool. Socialism for business, uh, capitalism for everybody else. But, uh, uh, and, and, and so, you know, I, I feel like 2023 was the seminal year where, you know, it's this collision of like AI and politics and the divisions that everybody has. And, you know, COVID is is basically over, sort of. I mean, it's still out there, but uh, we're not prepared for another pandemic at all. Um, and I see a lot of hope, like, you know, during these times of chaos, a, a lot of times, it's when humanity can step up and be its best. Um, so things are unknown right now. Uh, the, 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 you know, we saw the collapse of the Marvel universe completely. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my God. Epic, epic collapse of the Marvel now, universe. Now yeah. uh, talking about movies, here's the other thing that I thought was very, very interesting. Um, so this year was, we had these huge summer blockbusters. We had, Fast and the Furious, we had uh, Mission Impossible, we had Indiana Jones, we had uh, Marvel movies. We, I think we had three Marvel movies. The Flash. We had we had The yeah. Flash. We had, uh, uh, there was a couple of other like sequel-ish movies. Uh, and, and they all bombed. They all bombed. Uh, Barbie, original content, that killed it. Oppenheimer, an R-rated film that was mostly dialogue, crushed it. Uh, but, but, uh, and Five Nights at Freddy's, and we also had another weird anomaly, which completely will change the film industry, and that was The Sound of Freedom. And for those of you who don't know The Sound of Freedom, it's a, a movie that uh, captured the attention mostly on people, uh, evangelicals, and people on uh, the extreme right. Because it was about child uh, child trafficking, which is which is you know horrible uh, and and should be talked about. But the guy who the movie was based on was a not a charlatan, but he puffed up his story quite a bit. But the thing that was interesting about this specific movie is that it was actually uh, created and uh, finished filming and edited, and it was done. And the the studios passed on it. So the people who made the film uh, took it to another distributor and they went directly to the theaters. So they bypassed the studio system completely. And this is during the, the strike. And, and the movie killed it. The, it was one of the highest grossing films of the year. 
and they didn't use a studio. So uh, this also means that, you know, what are the studios doing? Because they're also like a, a lot of large companies are overworking people, underpaying them, uh, not paying them what they're worth, uh, stealing intellectual property. And and so this leads into this whole other thing about like the future of the movie industry. Well, don't forget the other two examples of that were um, the Taylor Swift movie and then Beyonce had a movie that came out uh, that. So Taylor Swift's movie did like $100 million or something ridiculous, yeah. a, contra, a pure contract movie that was directly distributed to theaters in the same way as uh, Sound of Freedom. By Taylor Swift. She, she you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a Swifty. I, I like her music. I've been, uh, uh, I, 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 hey, I, I'll sing uh, uh, Out of the Woods uh, at the top of my lungs alone in the car. But um, uh, overall, uh, she is such a smart businesswoman. Oh, my God. Uh, the fact that she was able to pivot the, the, the way she pivoted her concerts into uh, making these huge worldwide events and then the film uh, recutting all of her albums. So because uh, someone that she grew up with, who was like a second father to her, without her knowing, bought the rights to all of her music and she didn't have control over any of it. So... Uh, rather than get pissed, she re-recorded all of her albums and told everyone, buy my version, don't buy this other version, and made them far less valuable. So she now controls all of her music. And man, that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. So, um, And she also became a pariah for a lot of people in right-wing media because she dared to tell young people that they should go vote and register to vote. And um, now she's uh, considered the evil queen of. Uh, well, I think uh, I think uh, she was also viewed as a betrayer because she her origins were in country music too. You got to remember, and then she right. she transitioned from country to pop. So I mean, she was on that country spectrum, and so I think you have some people that felt betrayed also. <laughs> Why, man, get over it. But uh, yeah, so it it it, it uh, the disruption between like the film and the music industry has been. Uh, quite incredible. And also, um, you know, uh, Disney plus and Netflix are starting to suffer too. They've raised their prices. Uh, people are disconnecting, uh, if full transparency, I am not any longer, I am not subscribed to any, uh, streaming service. And partly because they've gotten really expensive. The quality of the content is kind of sucky. And I can find everything on uh, Pirate Bay. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> That's still the main reason. Right there. Yeah, and and uh, uh, you know, I I I I and I in some cases I feel that the quality on on those streams are even better. So, um, and I know I'm not alone in this. I know a lot of people are also uh, uh, doing the same thing. Well, one other thing I want to bring up because you just just made me think of it was this idea that uh, uh, buying digital movies versus buying physical media. Yeah. Um, you can, you can buy, if you buy a movie on Amazon and you buy the digital version, you, you have the rights to stream that content supposedly for life, but there's a contract that says basically if Amazon ceases to exist or something else, um, or, or actually if the streaming rights are changed, then you might lose access to that, uh, to be able to view it. And that's the, the fine print that people are finding out about where, um, you don't own what you real, what if you, it's a digital thing, you don't own it. And this is the other thing that I, I, I have I've taken serious issue with. There was a really amazing show I saw uh, called Infinity Train, 
and um, another show that my son loved called Final Space. And they took both of those off of uh, HBO completely. Uh, you cannot find them unless you pirate them, right? Tax write-offs. That's why. I, I mean, I had to look into that, why they were taking content away. Yeah. The new Willow show on Disney um, was fully removed, apparently, that they did. And it's all... Well, that, that did everyone a favor, actually. Well, that might that may have done everybody a favor, but the but the purpose behind it is tax write-offs. So when they remove the content and make it unavailable to anyone except through pirating, uh, it's all for tax reasons. Yeah, and and uh, and so it, it also what this has done, uh, all of this is it has made people less um, sure of of digital. You know, I'm I'm fine with it. I don't need to own anything because if I, you know, how many times can I see The Rock? You know, yeah. Uh, which, which actually I saw last night because I, I uh, bought myself a, an 80 euro projector from uh, AliExpress just to see. And for clarity, we're talking about The Rock with Sean Connery, not The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. That's right. And, and my son, after watching the film, he, uh, he had the most astute question uh, of all time, which is, why wasn't The Rock in The Rock? And uh, I had to explain to him that uh, The Rock wasn't quite The Rock when uh, this movie was made, but... In the reboot, I'm sure it will happen. Or I could just sit in a few years, ask AI, can you make me the rock with, with rock <laughs> instead of Nicolas Cage? That would be a crime against humanity. But um, yeah, so 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 digital distribution, digital ownership, uh, you know, these are things that are 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 being reevaluated by everybody now, also. Yeah. Well, it comes down to the whole the conspiracy theories and, and fears of kind of giving too much control to corporations or government entities where uh, if everything gets into digital, you get digital currency, you have digital video, you write, you have um, social credit scores happening, or at least in some places around the world, that you could uh, you know, be stripped of your rights to property. You can be stripped of your rights to certain things because they're, all your eggs are in one basket. You don't own anything. Right. You own nothing. You know, And, and I mean, money is kind of digital anyway. I just see a number in my bank account. It's a very low number. I'm definitely a hundred air, um, maybe a thousand air. I'm a, I'm, I'm definitely a thousand air, uh, but but uh, but having having it it in such a way, and this is where actually I think blockchain is is is, is an answer to all of this because with blockchain you, you can it, the ledger allows you to kind of still own things. But but you know we're, again this is the early stages of all this stuff and where where will it lead us in in the next five years is is anyone's guess because honestly you know I I when in it, when I moved here to this country uh, in, in the Netherlands um, 2016 is when I decided to move 2017 uh, is when I think I actually made pulled the trigger uh, 2017. Uh, think about life in 2017, pre-COVID, you know, pre-AI. Yeah, that's crazy. This, crazy. This was only like six or seven years ago, man. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. And uh, I, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine my life and, and everything around it today, uh, just five years ago. Imagine what it's going to be five years from now. You can't. It, it's like the the technology and and the the things that are are about to happen are unfathomable. And and this is the this is the part that gives me hope and also terrifies me, which is um, 
it, you know, chaos is a ladder. And, uh, and I actually thrive in chaos, uh, if it's, if it's semi control, but, uh, in chaos comes some of the best innovations imaginable really, because now there's new tools. Now there's new, uh, ways to acquire information and connect information. Now there's new ways to, uh, be productive. So, so, you know, I look at my son who, you know, he doesn't, the only commercials, for instance, like we would, when we were kids, we would watch like Disney Channel and they would have, uh, well, you're, you're, maybe you did. I, I watched Saturday morning cartoons, but, uh, you know, we were advertised to death and we had to sit in, in front of the commercial. And now my son, um, if he watches, uh, YouTube, he may see a commercial here or there. Uh, but most of his exposure to stuff is through, uh, Roblox. So he'll come up like, that's where he gets his memes. And that's where, uh, you know, he starts to talk about skibbity toilet and he yeah. gets it all from, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know, but, but you know, he's nine and, and, and his, the things that he likes to do are, you know, watch a video on streaming, uh, you know, play, play Roblox for an hour, uh, play a game with Papa on, on his computer. And, uh, you know, we play, we do other things. We play chess and, you know, have, have real world interactions quite a bit, but, uh, I'm also teaching him how to program. I'm teaching, I taught him how to use chat GPT. He had a school assignment where he had to write a five page report on something. And so he chose Napoleon. I was like, okay, well, um, and, and so in our day, what we had to do is we had to go to the library and look up books on Napoleon and read and like find information and copy it down. And what I did was I said, okay, we're going to use ChatGPT not to write it, but to help us. And so I asked ChatGPT to create an outline for a report for someone his age and give me resources where we can find more information. And it just created this whole outline. And that is like the hardest part of doing any type of reporting. So, you know, I, I, I made sure that he didn't use it to do the actual report, but he did a pretty fair job, you know, just by finding the right thing. So teaching him how to use this technology, teaching him how to do simple programming, these are things that he's going to need, but all of that may be irrelevant in a few years too. Well, as far as advertising goes, I mean, the other way that he's being exposed to ads are these baked in ads uh, that are hard, you know, hard inside of the videos. So a lot of people are taking in-video sponsors. So they're not actually like interrupting ads. They, the sponsor themselves or the video hosts themselves are reading the ads uh, in the video. Right. So those, those are still a thing. And then, uh, like you said, Roblox or um, for my son, Minecraft, where uh, you get into the shop and there's, there's all kinds of brand exposure in multiple ways there. Like some of the, I mean, the brands are, are heavily influencing the different content that you can purchase. Right. And and there's also just like, again, ads that are being shown um, throughout, uh, especially to buy other video games um, when you're when you're in those games. So uh, for a while, I thought that crypto gaming was going to be the, the next evolution of this. And it, and it probably will be at some point. But uh, until the game. But the thing is, like the crypto games that have come out so far have all been like very mediocre. Right. And the, the only way that you're going to get a game that's going to take off like something like GTA is if it's something that's actually good. And actually, like that highly advanced, like something like Grand Theft Auto, or um, or you know, or Roblox, or or Minecraft, and I, I'm just not seeing that at that level of for blockchain games. So I, I was wrong. I, I've been wrong about my predictions there so far. 
I, I do think it's coming, but um, but we're, until they get the right game and, and the way that, and the right um, kind of engine to build upon, where like creators can build and you create this kind of e- this kind of like Roblox style ecosystem, but in the blockchain, until that happens, then it's it's not happening. Yeah, and, and and also people just don't want to be ripped off. I mean, you know, the loot boxes were a thing for about ten minutes a couple of years ago in these games. I, I, uh, I got my hands on uh, the Star Wars Battlefront two, and that was when I still liked Star Wars, and I thought, oh, this is going to be so badass, and it was just a scam. It was just a way to make people give money in stupid ways, and and. You know, I, I've been getting into gaming recently, um, and I, you know, if there's like anything that's like, oh, purchase the upgrade or whatever, I'm just, it just is immediately like, no thanks. Like, I've spent money on this thing. I don't need to spend any more to get an outfit, you know? I think it's stupid. Yeah, unfortunately, it's getting harder and harder to avoid, though, in these games. I mean, if you're playing something like Roblox, that thing is built on an economic ecosystem. That whole thing is like a store to, to buy more content, more levels more clothing options, whatever. I asked my son what he wanted for his birthday and you know what he told in Christmas, Robux. That's all he wants, Robux. Like just stuff to buy and, you know. Okay, cool. But I, I did I did convince him that um, it might be good to save your money and we could buy a Nintendo Switch. And he, he did like that idea. All right, lightning round. Uh, what was your favorite pieces of content this year? In terms of uh, movies or in terms of, what do you mean by F? Movies, TV shows, and music. Um, I mean, I, I guess I have a recency bias. I, I really enjoyed Saltburn. I just watched it yesterday, but that's that's kind of a recency bias. Uh, <laughs> I guess that would be 2024, though, because I watched it yesterday, and we're in the year 2024. So <laughs> uh, Yeah, it, technically, it did come out last year, and uh, I, too, saw Saltburn, and I have to say it was a, if you haven't seen it, don't watch a trailer, go in blind, it is one of the most surprising movies I've seen in a while. Uh, I would almost compare it to the menu uh, with how, like, I, I went into the menu not knowing a thing about it. And and every second I was, like, unsure what was going to happen. Saltburn almost doubles that, where it starts off as a movie. Um, this isn't giving anything away. It's about a young guy who's one of my favorite actors. Uh, he's the new Joker. And um, uh, Barry, something very, very key. Anyway, key again or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's he, he phenomenal. He was in the Green Knight. He was in. Uh, he was the best thing in the Eternals. Really, really good actor. And uh, he is this young guy in college, and he's fascinated with this really popular guy who's like super charismatic, and uh, he has this infatuation with him. And uh, I. Th- thought that this was going to be about a young gay romance and then it started to surprise me and surprise me again and it it, it is not the movie i expected and not the movie that like it just i even in the last like 20 30 minutes i still didn't know what kind of movie this was uh but when it all came together it was one of the most brilliant pieces of cinema i've seen this year i think what i would uh, compare it to also would be the movie nightcrawler with jake gyllenhaal if you've seen that i think it has some parallels there too a little bit a little bit um uh i think this movie is a bit more intelligent uh like the way it goes about it but i i anyway uh definitely watch that movie um uh other movies uh not not so many movies this year that i thought were that great nothing really stuck with me 
but a few TV shows, Succession, uh, which you turned me on to, uh, it just won a Golden Globe. Uh, it, it is, the, if you haven't seen Succession, it is one of the best written shows. It's like Game of Thrones in the boardroom. It is so good. It is so, so good. That acting, the writing, everything about it is just so utterly top notch. And the other show that also won a Golden Globe, one of my favorite shows of the year, was The Bear, which um, the, uh, the 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 main guy uh, who's in it is, uh, I believe this is, um, uh, uh, what's his name from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Uh, uh, the original or Charlotte? No, the original. The original. Uh, Gene Wilder. What do you mean? Like yeah, who Gene Wilder? It's, it's like Gene Wilder's grandson or something, and he looks kind of like Gene Wilder, but he's way better looking. Uh, he's now an underwear model. I'm a straight guy, and uh, my wife just showed me like because uh, she's a fan of the show too. Showed me his spread from uh, the underwear modeling he's done. Oh my god! Uh, as a straight man, when you see this guy's body, you just want to touch his stomach. <laughs> I mean, it's like ooh. It gives me, you know, gives me feelings. I'm okay with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, you do you, man. Uh, now, did you see Killers of the Flower Moon? Were you able to see that one? I did not see Killers of of the Flower Moon, but uh, but you did, right? I did, I did, and I and I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I mean, I I think I, we talked about it briefly before. I think, but um, it, it's just a little too long for me. That uh, was my only really gripe. But I mean, it's a great movie. Um, it's it's well done, entertaining. It, it just I, th- I feel like it could have been edited down, and then part of the I, I I do think even Scorsese can benefit from an editor at times. Um, but again, I don't think the guy's reputation allows for this, and uh, I would have preferred to see maybe a studio cut and a director's cut to have both options. <laughs> you know, but here's here's the thing that's so funny. Um, we will sit through like a binge watch five hours of a TV show, but we can't sit through three hours of Scorsese. Like, well, we need that. We need that cliffhanger at the end of every 30 minutes to, to keep us going. You know, we don't look at that dopamine spike and every. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, anyway, and then, uh, but, but those two TV shows were definitely the ones that blew me away. Um, did you see John Wick chapter four? I, I did. what did you think of that? It was the equivalent of sitting behind someone playing a video game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I liked that the movie um, had some resolution to it. I liked that. Uh, but otherwise, I really found myself kind of, um, I, I felt this way in John Wick 3 also, kind of getting like the stuff. I mean, when the first saw the first one, it was unique. It was a different style of action I hadn't seen before. And it, it kind of got, I liked it. But after, uh, you know, two and then three, it was, it was just more of the same up until, you know, up until the ending. Um, it's like a live action Wile E. Coyote film. He keeps falling off a cliff. Yeah, except that a real live action Wile E. Coyote film was written off for tax purposes. Oh, man. <laughs> you had to go there. Well, I can't really, I'm trying to think of like some of the other ones that I, I haven't, I want to see the new one on Netflix um, by uh, Barack Obama is producing it, but it's about like, Kind of some sort of world-ending events uh, with Julia Roberts. My wife uh, saw that. She said it's uh, good for a hard pass. It's good for a hard pass. <laughs> yeah, I've heard mixed. Uh, I've heard mixed things. I, I do want to check that one out. Guardians three. Um, I as far as Marvel movies go, superhero movies go, that would be my. Uh, I think that'd be my top pick for the year. I didn't even see um, it, and I, I was like, I was like Marvel everything, and now. I'm just kind of yeah. like, ah, really. Even even Guardians three. It, it's my top pick for the year, but it's not like. It's, it's passable. You, you don't even have to, I mean, you don't really need to see it in my opinion. It was, uh, there wasn't a lot to, in comparison to it. I mean, like the, I saw the Marvels, I saw Aquaman two, 
I took the bullet. I went inside. I'm one of the few. Yeah. And uh, I, I found it to be absolutely terrible. I wanted to walk out. I think I texted you in the middle of the movie. You did. told you, I might be leaving. I'm not sure I can handle this. But. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I, I think I convinced you. You must. You, you <laughs> said stick it through. Stick it through. Yeah, there's a there's a saying here in uh, the Netherlands that uh, basically translates to if your ass gets burned, you're going to have to sit on your blisters. <laughs> so that was your your blister moment. Yes. But I I I uh, yeah I, I actually also this year I lamented uh, the fact that I I probably won't be going to the movies that much anymore. Uh, I'm going to invest in a projector. I'm just going to I I bought this 80 euro one from Alibaba and it works fine. It doesn't, I mean, it's not very bright, but it gets the concept across. And, uh, I was able to sell it to my wife. And so she was like, okay, we can project her. Sure. That makes sense. Um, that's why I saw the rock last night, but, uh, you know, there's the, this year we're going to have the new Furiosa, the new Mad Max film, which is the only film I'd probably want to see in a like IMAX. Mm-hmm. But if I have my own home theater, um, what about Dune 2? I, I didn't see Dune 1. Okay. Uh, but I also didn't want to see Dune 1 because I wanted to wait till Dune 2 was out. And they'll probably do like a double feature. And I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll do that. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, next year, next uh, week, we will do our uh, predictions for 2024. And we will be completely wrong. <laughs> I, I was right about January 6th, though. I called it. I called January 6th like, like, the year before it happened. Like you called January 6, 2021 and January 6, 2020? I, yeah. Well, yeah. I, you can go back and listen to our prediction shows. And I, I, yeah. I think we even have a cut from it. So, but hey, even a stop clock is right. Uh, right. Well, the, the, I'll mention the other show that I watched recently um, was the show Obliterated on Netflix, which is like a cross between The Hangover, 24, and American Pie would be like the best description I could give it. And it's just funny how like they force these different genres together. And it was very, very cheesy. It's very lowbrow, but uh, you know, it was mildly entertaining. So uh, I, I, I suffered through it. I uh, enjoyed it a little bit, but it was, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty. De- it feels like a little bit desperate too. Like this is stuff that is not all that great. Yeah, well, Severance, if you have a chance to see Severance, which was on Apple uh, uh, and For All Mankind, which I have fallen in love with. That show is amazing. I haven't seen the season, so. Uh, maybe I'll see if I next week. Anyway, uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, man, we uh, went a little long. Sorry, folks. But, uh, you know, we haven't chatted in a while, so this is our way of catching up, too. But uh, got anything else? No, I think I'm complete. Okay, next week we will do our predictions and uh, the sex robot report, the first for 824. Things are getting advanced in that realm. Oh, it's going to be a whole new conversation. Ladies and gentlemen... We are the Marketing Geeks, and we are out. Stay classy. Marketing Geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Andrew Sturgeon and Justin Womack, the fun will never end. It's Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks.